All right, welcome back to the big program. Just after 10 o'clock, time to talk a little quick card. Edmonton Minor Hockey Week, and it gets underway later this week. And in studio, Daryl Davis, a longtime uh, relationship with the Quick Card Minor Hockey Week, and uh, the honorary chair. Congratulations on that, Daryl. Yes, thanks. Uh, it's it's a, it's a huge honor, mm-hmm. uh, considering uh, the tournament is in its sixtieth year this wow. year. So. 60 years and I mean there was you know COVID was uh, yeah. had, you know took a, its toll on the tournament just like everything else but back uh, stronger than ever just the amount of numbers and the amount of games and volunteers it's simply amazing what what gets the undertaking here yes uh you know somebody the other day asked me what what makes this tournament so special mm-hmm. and I had to think for a minute and then I thought you know what? It, it's the sheer numbers. Uh, you know, we've got 696 teams mm-hmm. playing in this ter- in 10 days, and you think about it: 696 teams, and uh, you know, uh, there's going to be 930 games in 10 days. That makes it epic, as far as I'm concerned, and and that that over the years has has driven that excitement for the tournament. Uh, you know, we we get uh, thirty two arenas involved. Like it's mm-hmm. it's massive hockey. You know, every day of the week, and uh, that's what garners all that excitement and and uh, enthusiasm for it. Daryl Davis, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show in the Sports 1440 Studios. Quick card Edmonton Minor Hockey Week gets underway later this week. So. The other thing that always blows me away is the officials. So the officials all do this. They donate their time, and it's a, one of the major reasons that this tournament is able to be as big as it is. Absolutely. Our, our uh, you know, our referees are one of our biggest sponsors, and uh, about over $50,000, I think, uh, they figured out is what they donate to the, to the mm-hmm. tournament. Um, and it's also kind of a rite of passage with referees. After I retired, I, I became a referee, uh, and uh, I, 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 re- I was able to referee minor hockey week <laughs> games. And as a matter of fact, uh, we would, uh, myself and another uh, uh, committee member, Jeff Seuss, uh, who is also a referee, we would uh, drive around, wouldn't drive around, we would uh, be ready to go at a moment's notice in case a referee didn't show up or they uh, a game got canceled and had to be moved and they mm-hmm. didn't have a referee. So we would get a call from Central, usually Bill Ross. <laughs> yes, Bill and say, Ross. <laughs> and say, Daryl, we need a referee over at such and such an arena. Can you get over there in 15 minutes? Oh, yeah, okay, no problem. And uh, that's uh, and the game would go on, you know, and uh, that was uh, re- really a lot of fun. What's changed, you think, in the time that you've been involved? And you go way back because your dad was so heavily involved in this as well. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't think, uh, you know, I, I don't think a lot has changed in terms of, uh, of, of the format. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, you know, we, we in the beginning, uh, coaches were really anxious and really interested in winning. And they would often sit out there. Their uh, their B players mm-hmm. and they're they're not as skilled players and play their best players all the time and as soon as uh, that started happening my dad was right on the bit <laughs> and said listen this is we got to change so they uh, instituted a, a a rule that every player had to play at least two shifts per period 
And to enforce that, they had uh, uh, spot checkers up in in the stands. And every player was checked off to make sure that they got their uh, mm. their two shifts in. yeah. Mm. Daryl Davis with uh, us on Sports 1440. Quick card, Edmonton Minor Hockey Week gets underway uh, this week. So you've got some funny stories. Even you were talking, we were talking off air. Like, let's start, let's start with Bill Comrie because he's a big supporter, obviously, with oh. the tournament and long time, yeah. you know, all his kids played and things like that. So yeah. this goes back a few years here too yeah. as well. Goes back a few years. Uh, uh, one of... Uh, Bill Conrie was uh, coaching one of his, uh, I, I believe it was his son's yeah. team, okay. and uh, they had won Minor Hockey Week. And back in the day, they used to give out a trophy uh, for the teams that used to win. And, of course, the finals were in the Edmonton Gardens mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, later on some of the different ar- indoor arenas. And I remember uh, Bill Conrie was hanging on to that trophy <laughs> for a little longer than he should have. Uh, and my dad got on the phone and said, listen, you got to get that trophy back to me. And he says, yeah, 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 it's coming, it's coming. And, of course, uh, time went by, and finally Dad just said, oh, enough's enough. You either get that trophy back or we'll suspend <laughs> you. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, the trophy arrived that day. Oh, well, for sure. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Bobby Hull was a part of the tournament. How, that's a number of years ago. How, uh, when was that? 1974. Okay. Yeah, 1974, my dad found out that the Winnipeg Jets were playing the, I think it was the Alberta Oilers back then. Yeah. And and uh, he he decided that... Uh, the, the finals being played at the Edmonton Gardens needed a little boost, a celebrity boost. So he, uh, he called up the uh, Hotel McDonald where he knew that uh, all the uh, incoming teams were staying. And he asked to be connected to uh, Bobby Hull's room. Yeah. And sure enough, the operator said, yeah, oh, sure. And uh, uh, Bobby Hall picks up the phone and my dad says, that's oh, Vern Davis, Minor Hockey Week. Uh, how would you like to hand out some trophies at the Edmonton Gardens before you play today? And Bobby Hall says, sure. And <laughs> my dad says, well, I'll be down to pick you up in half an hour in front of the hotel. You be ready and I'll pick you up and we'll go over to the gardens. And <laughs> oh, <laughs> sure boy. enough, Dad toodles down, yeah. picks up Bobby Hall. They go off to the gardens, and there's actually a picture in uh, in the Edmonton Journal with Bobby Hall uh, and uh, one of the uh, the original founders, Eric Riley mm-hmm. of of the Minor Hockey Week tournament, uh, handing out trophies to a young lad uh, that had won the won the game. <laughs> and of course, uh, Bobby Hall just loved it. He loved being around kids and and he loved the, the, the attention, media and all that sort of stuff. And he was actually late uh, to get into the dressing room to get ready for his, uh, his game that night and got chewed out by his coach. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a, oh. a, a great, a great minor hockey week story. Oh, no question about that. Yeah. Uh, Daryl Davis with us uh, in the Sports fourteen forty studios. Quick card: Edmonton Minor Hockey Week gets underway underway this week it, on Wednesday. There's a media alumni game. Yes, so we're part of that again. Yes, the, the Duke yeah. of Dalburn's going to lace them up. We've got all right, uh, David Schlemko. Eddie Steele's going to okay. lace him up, so we've got we've uh, we've got some beef on this uh, right. on the media team. So that's going to be at the Meadow. So if you want to come out and watch that, there's a game before, yeah. I believe, and then there's a little bit of an opening ceremonies. Yes. yes, and then and then this quick media game after. But yeah, so uh, what what's the reaction from the kids? I mean, that's oh. what it's all about. And I guess you know, you and I, we, you, when you if you don't look in the mirror, 
The kids are the same age every year, right? You know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, the kids love it. Uh, uh, Rod McMahon, uh, mm-hmm. who is a, a longtime committee member, uh, was quoted as saying, it's their Stanley Cup. You know, it's it's what they kind of play for. And, uh, uh, you know, it's at the right time of the year, right after, uh, you know, uh, New Year's and, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of a little bit of a lull in the season. Uh, and uh, it, it's... it's uh, it, it's just it just generates that excitement. Uh, uh, like I said, there's just so much hockey going on, and it's compressed in, into that ten day period. And uh, the kids absolutely love it. How do you schedule it, Daryl? Oh gosh, you know, uh, for years the the games used to be scheduled by hand by Ron Solanich, oh. who was a an engineer with the City of Edmonton or Edtel. And he used to do it by hand. He used to do a spreadsheet, but he used to cut the ice by hand. And I would help him, uh, you know, try to do this. And he was a genius. You know, he he just had the ability to do that. And uh, up until uh, I think it was about 2015 or 2014, something like that, uh, he passed away. Mm -hmm. And and then all the ice got scheduled uh, the, the way that Hockey Edmonton schedules the ice, uh, all done on computers. But uh, I tried to help him for a couple <laughs> of years. I just got headaches, <laughs> you know. How about the girls? Because they, there's been so many, the growth of the women's game, the girls' game, we've seen it, you know, in the last several years, keep growing exponentially. So... That's a big part on how you have to schedule that because now you're adding a whole different component here. Oh, absolutely. We're adding, we've been adding the girls for years. Uh, uh, at one at one point, uh, the double the A and the triple A used to play mm-hmm. uh, the club teams, uh, but they uh, kind of uh, left because uh, of their schedules. They were playing, uh, you know, out of town and uh, all over the place. So uh, they do, they've, for years, they haven't been in the tournament. But absolutely, uh, we're, we're getting more and more teams coming in. Um, y- you know, we've got, uh, like I said, 696 teams oh. uh, coming into this, to this 10, tournament. 10,000 players approximately? Yeah, 11,000. 11, 11, and, oh. in, and it's interesting, the first year of minor hockey week, I was looking at a stat, we had 10,000 kids playing. Wow. You know, so it's been that, that those kinds of, uh, of numbers every mm-hmm. year uh, over over the, over the past sixty years. Yeah. Daryl Davis with us uh, in the Sports fourteen forty studios. Quick card Edmonton Minor Hockey Week is uh, upon us. The sixtieth uh, Quick Card Edmonton Minor Hockey Week. What about the the Wayne Gretzky Awards? It's been a popular thing. There's three of them, and it's a scholarship, and uh, the kids always strive for that because yeah. it's a big thing for them too. Absolutely, and it's it's. Uh, um uh Mr. Weaver the the artist mm-hmm. created the who created the the Wayne Gretzky trophy that sits in front of uh Rogers place uh did up uh f- I think there was uh, four other uh miniature Wayne Gretzky trophies and uh, uh Wayne Gretzky has one of them mm-hmm. and the other three are in Hockey Edmonton and those those trophies go to kids who exemplify uh, you know, 
not only uh, uh, hockey sportsmanship and those kind of things, but what they do in the community and where and and yes, and the volunteer aspect, off ice stuff. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, and every year we get applicants that are you know have tremendous uh, credentials mm-hmm. and tremendous uh, uh, ethic uh, yeah. and 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 you know it's it's really neat to see that. When do things start rolling here, Daryl, for games and stuff? Well, uh, fr- uh, we have a uh, our like like you said, we have our opening ceremonies. So we have a media conference at Rogers Place on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and that's uh, around eleven o'clock. And then we have the opening ceremonies Wednesday evening uh, at the, the media Meadows. Game. At yeah, the Meadows. At the yeah. Meadows. Yeah. And uh, the games start on Friday night. Mm-hmm. And are usually most of the, the bulk of the games are played Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday, and it's just it's nonstop. It's nonstop hockey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finals are going to be at Terwilliger again. Absolutely, yeah. Finals are at Terwilliger. It's a, a fantastic venue, four sheets of ice, and boom, we go right from seven o'clock in the morning till about on eleven the, o'clock on the night. Sunday, on, on the Saturday and, and Sunday, the, and the yeah. Sunday. Okay, yeah. yeah. Wow. It's, I mean, it's always, I remember, you know, I was at Global for 25 years and every time, you know, you would get calls because we would have highlights on every night. Yes. Yes. And the, fa- the kids loved it because oh. now they're, you know, they're just like, they're watching the Oilers uh, highlights and then they're on, oh. you know, so uh, they would, I, uh, the calls that we would get and emails, can you get us a copy of the, you know, because yeah. they, now their little, their boy or girl was on the highlights yeah. and they just loved it. Yeah. You well, know. I remember you. Uh, broadcasting from uh, the benches of some of the yeah. with John Sexsmith, yes, you know, and John Sexsmith had his uh, a kid playing. <laughs> yeah, I Joel, think and, Joel, Joel, yes, and uh, you guys were doing kind of a, 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 a cutting play back by and forth, yeah. yeah. And, and Johnny, of course, he's he was so in, uh, into the game, yes. You know, he was so focused that he wanted to make sure everything was going well on the bench, and he's like, I, I don't have time right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know how Johnny is. So, well, yeah. anything I'm missing here, Daryl, that you wanted to add about? No, you know, no. Just, uh, but volunteers, I mean, quick card and the sponsors. Oh, I mean, holy. Quick, you know, and and one one of the things that has uh, remained the same over the years is the number of volunteers that it takes to run yeah. this tournament. And, you know, every, everything from arena managers to coaches to you know referees uh, to uh, the the uh, uh, spot checkers mm-hmm. to just and I also wanted to give a huge shout out to uh, Lyle Best yeah. with with Quick Card. Uh, he's been our uh, main corporate sponsor for uh, twenty four years, yeah. and uh, and just every year he he just steps up to the plate and 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 he just uh does a, a great job helping us out i was just texting with lyle he was uh, unable to come in I, okay uh, uh, but maybe we'll get him on later in the week or something he can come into the studio and just kind of yeah. because again he, he's had that relationship with uh, you know the kids in the minor hockey for yes as you said a quarter of a century right yeah. now and you yeah. can't do it without it, i mean you know uh, and the oilers and the oil kings are always heavily involved and yeah you know, and it's still yeah. so a button. You get a button. It's five bucks for a button. Five bucks for a button, and that gets in gets you into all the games. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's it's <laughs> yes, it's a lot of fun. It's so, a lot of fun. Uh, kids will be you know if you got time. The the, the best day is like uh, the the following Saturday Sunday again. You can go to Terwilliger. You get yep. ball. You can you can go from rink to rink to rink yep. and watch for twelve hours. And uh, the overtime format. Yeah. Is uh, something that uh, uh, is 
I think one of the most exciting overtime formats around. Mm -hmm. Uh, When the game is tied at the end of uh, regulation time, um, the clock gets set to one minute, Mm -hmm. and uh, the the teams uh, start with five on five or six on six. Sorry, five on five, four on four, three on three, and then two on two. And it's so exciting that Kevin Lowe. really liked it and uh he uh rumor has it and i can't <laughs> confirm this but uh took it to the Lowe, board of governors he took it to the board of governors and said you know this is a pretty neat way mm-hmm. of ending up a uh, a game and uh in, during a tie situation and uh i, I kind of like to think that maybe the three on three was kind of a result of that yeah uh, you never know yeah thanks for coming in daryl appreciate okay. it and good luck okay. this week and congratulations on being the uh honorary chair Thanks very much, Well, Kevin. Very well-deserved. <laughs> Thank lots you, Lots and lots of volunteer hours for Daryl. Yeah. Uh, Daryl Davis, uh, quick card. Edmonton Minor Hockey Week is uh, just days away. Uh, we'll have more on that as the week progresses as well. When we come back, Warren Moon, uh, former double-ear, to discuss tonight's College Bowl championship game between Washington and Michigan State. That's coming up right after the break on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Order the day. All right, 1021. Welcome back. Kevin Carey's show. Just hooking up with Warren Moon, hopefully. In the uh, next couple of minutes, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. L Nate says, "I lost a final in the Agricom back in the day, and I've despised it ever since." He's just kidding. Back then, they pulled the goalies too. It still stings. You know, there are so many guys that have and girls that have just phenomenal memories of Quick Card Edmonton Minor Hockey. Uh, here's a really good example, and you think about it: a guy that has played four hundred NHL games. Our Wednesday co-host, David Schlemko. Last week we were talking about it, and he was like, oh, I, man, I love playing in Quick Card Edmonton Minor Hockey Week. It was just a lot of fun, you know, back then. And and, and Daryl has a, made a really good point with Rod McMahon, who's another longtime organizer and supporter and uh, on the board and things like that. Just this is the Stanley Cup for the kids. It's, it's, just, it's just the Stanley Cup for the kids. Um. Pete texts in and goes, uh, hey, Kevin, thanks for the Elvis mention about the Blue Suede Music Festival. I had no idea it existed and will be buying tickets. My wife's a massive Elvis fan. Uh, The festival is still a thing and is uh, July 28th this year. That comes from Zach. That's, you know, I got to go to this now, Duke, I think. I mean, you've you've opened, opened the door for me. You've shown me the light. I mean, Elvis is in the building, Duke. Yeah, we've got lots of texts in about it, actually. Uh, some from the, the local folk out there in the Westlock area, saying, um, including from John and uh, Gord, Gord as well. Yeah. Um, Gord say, says... Uh, originally in Busby. <laughs> Busby, yes. Which is even, I think, a little bit further. But in it's sa- same area, same same general vicinity. Is that Westlock Barhead area. Gord- uh, and then moved to recently moved to Westlock. Yeah, Gord's text is, uh, Hey gang, you were talking about the Elvis Festival. Been going to it for many years. It started in Busby in a farm field. Just recently moved to Westlock. It's uh, awesome. Love it, Gord. Here. Best bang for your buck. That comes uh, from Gord. The Elvis Festival lives on, boys. It was in Busby and now Westlock. Uh, that's from John Gelly. <laughs> it's it's a cool. It's I mean I think I gotta go. So uh, July twenty eighth is that what? Sounds like it. Yeah. 
It's uh, looks, what do you think, looks, Duke? looks like Zach even went and, like looked it up upon us uh, us chatting about it, mm-hmm. and has already uh, uh, you know so, put himself down on the wait list for tickets here. <laughs> you imagine going to the, holy cow? We might have to. I I got that little uh, you know the the camper van. It's got to be oh, an, it's yeah, an overnight lo- thing, isn't 100%, it? Hundred percent. Lots so of camping, tents, and. So it'd be kind of like, uh, you know, like whatever is like small big, stage 13, Big Valley kind big, of thing. Big Valley Jamboree, just uh, all the same music, all uh-huh. Elvis, and uh, a little smaller scale, just one stage. Like it's, it's spelling trouble, though, isn't it? I think you could probably find your way into some trouble out in Westlock for the weekend if uh, you so chose. But I'm sure there's some good, uh, good, honest family fun to be had as well, where you can just keep your nose clean a little bit. Uh, so yeah, Zach says July 28th this year. I will uh, be checking that out. Joe comes in. Uh, best overtime format was yank the goalies immediately, waiting to get on to our beer league ice. Two peewee teams played cl- for close to 10 minutes. Each team hit the post once before there was a winner. Uh, it comes from Joe. It's funny how Kevin Lowe would have said that to the Board of Governors. I'm pretty sure it would have got tossed out immediately. Yeah, probably. But, you know, Fun it, idea, though. Yeah, I don't see it ever happening. Could you imagine that? Getting down to one-on-one? Holy <laughs> cow. With no goalie or whatever. That's where, that's where the all-hands team. Get him out there. You just, just got to beat one man. He's got to beat one man. Uh, Tiger says, the greatest play ever by an Eskimo in Commonwealth Stadium was Warren Moon. Icy field in a playoff game. Flies onto his left hand and somehow stands up and throws a touchdown. And we're still trying to get Warren Moon on the line here. Obviously a busy guy. Would have just wrapped up the Seattle Seahawks season. Seattle with a, you know what, that was tough. I mean, Seattle wins at, what was it, 21-20 yesterday. Couple missed field goals by Matt Prater. Had a chance to give, uh, I think, a 10-point lead at one point. Then a chance to win it. At the end, misses two field goals. Yikes. So uh, Seattle finishes above 500, which is okay, I guess. So tonight, it's the college football championship. Uh, I hope we can get Warren Moon because I know a lot of people have sent in texts and, and we're looking forward to this segment. But obviously, Warren, a very busy guy. Uh, the Duke is still working on Warren's possibility to come on the big program so tonight it is michigan state and washington state and i mean uh not michigan state sorry michigan just sorry michigan wu mu yes you got to be careful because those are those are vast differences between those that was a bad miscue on my part (laughs) yeah Yeah, bob's gonna be all over you for that one ah yes bob (laughs) will be i'm surprised he hasn't texted in already sorry bob but (sighs) this game there is a lot of love happening, I think, in the last few days for Washington. Do you think Washington can win this game tonight? I do. I I, I said this after the uh, the Sugar and Rose Bowl last weekend. I'm incredibly high on this Washington team. Mm-hmm. They've uh, kind of they've been the dogs all season. I still still cannot understand how they were underdogs nine point mm-hmm. underdogs to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. Uh, but Michael Penix Jr. has impressed me immensely. It's going to come down to kind of the, the war of attrition at the line, and can the, the Washington O-line hold up to what we've seen from Michigan's defensive line? They got all over um, Alabama and Jalen Milrow. So um, if they can hold up, Michael Penix certainly able to beat you with his arm, certainly able to beat you with his legs, and uh, as long as the uh, the running back Johnson is at full health, which I think he's lined up to play, don't know, you know, quote-unquote mm-hmm. full health, um, then, then I love their chances. Uh, Odunze at the wide receiver position, likely going to be a first-round pick. I said uh, last week, I think 
Penix has catapulted himself into a first-round pick, if not the top half of the first round. And another good showing here, uh, I think, would uh, go a long way to cementing that. So I'm on Washington. They're five-point dogs. What, yeah, I was going to say five-point. I'm going to be I'm going to be on them to cover uh, heavy. I'm going to be heavy on that, and then mm-hmm. probably a little sprinkle on the money line as well. Really? Okay. And would you say, and I, Washington probably has the best offensive line uh, that you know. Let's say. Just in the last four, like the last yeah. four teams, uh-huh. out of the out of the out of Alabama, and and Texas as well as as Michigan, I I, I do think so because to have a pass attack as lethal as Washington's had all year, mm-hmm. obviously you have to have a good O line to make that happen. And yes, the athleticism of your quarterback and the arm strength, all that's great. Mm-hmm. But even even the most skilled quarterback can't do anything if he's getting absolutely run over within the first couple seconds of every snap. Excuse me when he's dropping back to pass. So I, uh, I I I agree with that statement wholeheartedly, Kevin. Well, Penix is he's just a special special player. Uh, he was the first player since Kyler Murray to win the Maxwell Award, which is the best player in college football, uh, but not the Heisman Trophy. So Kyler Murray accomplished that six years ago, and well, five years ago, I guess, and. Uh, Panics did it this year. Washington was eleven and two last year. So I mean, this is a team that has been building, and it's their last game in the Pac-12. Right, they're moving. Well, the Pac-12 is defunct. Yeah, there, there is no more Pac-12. So, so yes, Washington, so Washington and Washington Oregon will both be in the Big Ten into next the Big year. Ten. Panix threw for uh, over forty six hundred yards this year. The, but the most important part for me, he only threw nine picks. So yeah. he had 35 touchdowns, just nine interceptions. In my mind, that's he's protecting the ball. He's electric. He has the ability to, to stretch the field. Where J.J. McCarthy probably doesn't fit into that category. Now, the other thing that I was wanted to ask you about, Duke, Blake Corum. And I think I actually threw this at you uh, maybe about three weeks ago is Blake Corm. Does he have the ability to take this to the next level at the NFL? Or is he just one of those guys that is, was a great running back in college and doesn't have that gear or size or whatever he's, you want to call he's, it. He's a tweener, right? We've talked about those with Eddie, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's uh he's, he's a tweener. He's not a power back. He's not a scat back. He he's somewhere in between. And I, I, I wish I had a better answer for you, Kevin. Evaluating mm-hmm. running backs is one thing that I don't know how anybody does it. Because you would think it seems the same at, like, it, playing quarterback in the NFL, very different from in college. Mm-hmm. The, the windows are tighter, the players are bigger, they're stronger. And I can see it for running backs as well. I mean, yeah, the, the gaps are smaller. You got to be uh, quicker to hit windows. And obviously trying to run over guys um, running downhill, not going to be as easy when you're playing mm-hmm. grown men, a full roster of them, not maybe just the odd player here or there on the opposing D-line. So... I think we've kind of seen, like, yes, the running backs have all rallied and Christian McCaffrey continues to stand alone, but I think it's proven more than ever that running backs are truly a plug-and-play thing at the NFL. Like, look at the Browns with Jerome Ford uh, after Nick Chubb goes down. Nobody's going to confuse Jerome Ford for Nick Chubb, but the oh. run game is still effective because of their own line play and, game, and, the, and the game plan scheme. So could he play in the NFL? I really don't see why not. Is he going to, like be a, an impact player at the NFL, that I'm probably a little less convinced of. Do you look at him like a Justice Hill? Yeah, very possibly. I think that's a pretty decent comparison. He can carve out a nice spot for himself. Justice Hill was make where it, he was at OK State, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. Um, yeah, carve out a role for yourself, make a career out of it. But like you said, 
are you going to be getting the the big money contract, multi year no. things? I, I I would be pretty surprised. I would too. I having said that, you just I enjoy watching uh, Blake Corum. He had a big game, you know, to get to the uh, to beat Alabama. It was a massive touchdown to um, really the difference maker against uh, the Tide. So it's going to be a good one tonight. Uh, E.I. or sorry, L. Nate. Sorry, E.I. Nate. I've always been saying that for a long time. Uh, the line has moved a full point to Michigan. The Sharps know it's our time. Go blue. Um, it has been confirmed now and released that William Nylander has signed his contract. It's official. $69 million in signing bonus money. So $69 million of the $92 million total in bonus money. No move contract, no trade contract for all eight years. So it's a, that's from Frank Saravalli, Pierre Lebron, all the fellas. Uh, William Nylander's franchise record-setting deal Includes that sixty nine million paid out as a signing. This is the exact opposite of Shohei Otani <laughs> being. Deferred. He wants it up front. <laughs> well, again, you, you turn that into it in eight years. You turn that sixty nine million into a hundred and some million. Crazy. Ah, oh, this is just super. We've got uh, our game of the day brought to you by Saint Albert Dodge. Oh, okay. oh, hmm. The Duke is just on the horn with uh, Warren Moon right now. So it's our game of the day brought to you by St. Albert Dodge. Over 300 new Dodge, Ram, and Jeeps are available. 0% for up to 72 months on select models. 0% also available on Ram 1500s. Only at stalbertdodge.com. As we welcome in Warren Moon to Sports 1440. Good morning, Warren. You're with Kevin Carius on the morning show here. Thanks for taking the time. I know it's been a busy uh, couple of days uh, for for you, but boy, how excited are you to looking forward and, and watching this game tonight, being a, an alumnus of uh, Washington, and it's going to be a great game. Just your overall thoughts moving into this one tonight. Yeah, I can't wait for the game tonight. It's been a while since we were in the national championship uh, circuit, and um Everybody that's a Husky fan is, is looking forward to this game tonight, and we've had a you know a great history against the Michigan Wolverines over the years in the Rose Bowl, and now we get a chance to play them in the national championship game. So uh, it should be a great game. It's two really great teams, two undefeated teams, and uh, something's got to give tonight. So I'm just hoping the dogs can find a way to uh, pull it out in all these close games that they've been able to pull out all season long. 1978, Warren, uh, Washington, Michigan in the Rose Bowl. It was the Pac-8 back then, I believe. Uh, what do you remember from that uh, that great game? You know, we were 17-point underdogs, and nobody really gave us much of a chance, you know, playing against the number three-rated, powerful uh, Michigan Wolverines. But, uh, you know, our football team was very determined. We felt very disrespected because of that uh uh, discrepancy in the odds in that. So we went out there and showed that we're you know, a better football team than what people gave us credit for and uh, pulled off a huge upset that day. So it was one of the highlights of my career, no question about it. It was a game that I always dreamed of playing in when I was growing up in Los Angeles. Never got a chance to uh, you know, witness one except for on television. So to be able to play in one, to be able to win one, and also to be able to be an MVP of one, uh, it was like a dream come true. Warren Moon with us on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, tonight's game, Warren, features so many variables and so many things that are so exciting to talk about. Uh, none more so probably from your end than Michael Penix Jr. What do you see in this young quarterback in Washington? 
You know, first of all, he, he throws one of the prettiest balls you ever want to see as a left-hander. And um, uh, I remember watching him the first time uh, last year when he first got to the university, just watching him in warm-ups just to see what he looked like. And uh, just very impressed with his accuracy, how smooth the ball comes out. Um, very, very uh very good command of the offense. That, that's what I really loved about him, the way he could orchestrate the whole offense at the line of scrimmage, get guys inside the right uh, protections, get in and out of the right plays. Um, they just do a great job offensively and give you a lot of things to look at, and he's in control of all that. So the uh, the fact that he has control of the offense, that he throws the ball the way he does, is how accurate he is. And then he has a great group of wide receivers. I think three guys will probably be in the National Football League uh, before their careers are over. So uh, they're a very good offense. And then Dylan Johnson, their running back, really keeps hmm. – defense is honest because he's a, a very powerful runner with the football so you can't just key in on all throwing of the football so a very balanced offense and uh they've got their hands full against one of the best defenses in the country tonight but i like our chances against them that michigan defensive front really brought the pressure against alabama how will the offensive line for washington handle that tonight you know i think they'll do a good job i think the, the key is making sure you know who is not protected and not have any free rushers. And, I, and that's what something that Michael is really good at. He knows who his blitz protections, who his blitz reads are. He knows how to get the ball out of his hands quickly and where to go with it when he does get pressure. And that's the key to, to beating pressure. If you can get the ball out of there before the pressure gets to you or, or if you can make a big play, say a short pass and a guy, a guy misses a tackle and he, he turns it into a big play, that scares teams out of uh, out of blitzing you when you have an answer for it, and especially if you make some big plays off of it. So if they can do that early in the game, maybe you get Michigan out of wanting to bring a lot of pressure because they can get burned with it at times. Warren Moon with us on Sports 1440, the Kevin Carey Show. On the other side of the coin, Warren, uh, what do you make of J.J. McCarthy, quarterback for Michigan? You know, J.J. is a good quarterback. He's a solid quarterback. He's not a guy that I would... Uh, say okay if we're behind 14 points, you can just put the game in his hands and he can and he can uh, pass you up and down the field. Uh, he's more of a good play action passer. Uh, he's good when they're running the football successfully, um, and that's what happened last week against uh, Alabama. He was able to uh, make some nice play action passes because uh, they weren't that far behind in the football game. And um, I'm just hoping if we can get a little cushion of a lead and have to put it in their hands. They don't want to throw the football every down. They want to run the football at you. They want to bludgeon you to death with their running game. They, they have a lot of power in their offensive line. Their running backs are very physical. And that's what they want to try and do to you is wear you down in the game. So if you can get ahead of them and make them have to throw the football a little more than they want to, I think that will be uh, to our advantage. Warren Moon with us on Sports 1440. So, Warren, as far as the coaches go, how how would you kind of rate and break down the coaching, um, you know, the, the head coaches of both teams, uh, DeBoer and, and Harbaugh, uh, in this head-to-head matchup? What's your take there? Well, I have great respect for, uh, for both coaches. Uh, you know, Jim is somebody that I've known since my playing days. Um, he's been a coach for a long time. He's been successful at every uh, level of coaching that he's coached. And uh, I've got great respect for him and the the program that he's built there at Michigan. Uh, Coach DeBoer has come in in two years and 
He's only lost two games, and he's won 21 in a row. So he's done an excellent job of turning around our, our program, turning around the culture of our program, bringing the uh, ex-players back into the program so we feel a part of it as well. So uh, both of these guys, excellent coaches, and it's going to come down, I'm sure, to always does to some big decisions at the end of ball games. I love uh, Kellen DeBoer's um, demeanor in, in big ball games. He doesn't seem to panic at all. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why this team has won so many close games this year is because of their leadership and the way he handles those key situations. Warren, after the, in 1978, when you, you know, kind of in that area, um, when you wrapped up your career in college, can you just tell our listeners how you ended up in Edmonton? We've gone over the story, you and I, a few times, but just kind of, can you just uh, discuss that one more time? Yeah, um, Coming out of the University of Washington, of course, as a young kid growing up in in the uh, United States, I wanted to play in the NFL like any other football player that has those dreams, but um, those dreams weren't available to me right away. A lot of people didn't think I could play the position or I wanted to change my position where the Canadian League and Hugh Campbell, who was a coach at the time, you know, believed I could be a big-time uh, pro quarterback. So. I was going to go where people were going to give me the opportunity to play quarterback, and that happened to be in Canada and happened to be in Edmonton. And I will always have a uh, you know, great deal of respect for, for the uh, country and the city of, of Edmonton because they gave me that chance to play pro ball, and I probably wouldn't be sitting here today if they didn't or you know, in two Hall of Fames if they didn't because you have to have an opportunity before you can even show what you can do. And they gave me that chance, and I, I made the most of it, and, and I've moved on. So mm-hmm. uh, always indebted to the country of Canada for that. I just saw Tom Wilkinson, well, not just, it was a few months ago, it was during uh, the tail end of the uh, regular season for the double E here. How much did uh, Wilkie mean to you to kind of, you know, bridge that gap and, and help you along your way to when you, you know, you had great success here then when you moved down to the NFL? Yeah, Tom was a huge help to me uh, when I first came up. Um I didn't have to play right away because he had an outstanding season that first year. Um, he was up for the Shinley Award, uh, the outstanding player, and uh, I got a chance to just sit and watch and learn from him. Uh, in those film studies that we would have every day in our film meetings, I learned so much about the personnel in the league, uh, how to you know how to attack the different defenses that we were going to play against, and all those things were so invaluable to me because of him and also Bruce Lemmerman, who was there mm-hmm. at that time as well. So. Uh, it was, I had great mentors that really helped me to get off to a good start in the Canadian Football League, and Tom Wilkinson was one of those guys. Two more quick ones because I know you got to get going, Warren. Uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty from Fat Afron. Can you ask Warren about his opinion with Tennessee wearing the Oilers jerseys this year? Wonder what his opinion is. <laughs> what did you think? I, I, you know, I really loved it. I, the fact that. Um, when the Oilers left here, you know, Bud Adams was the owner at the time, and now his daughter is the owner. Mm-hmm. They had the rights to to the Oilers. They had the rights to the uh, to the uniform. They were actually the Tennessee Oilers when they moved. So the Tennessee, the, the Houston Texans came in. And they wanted to create their own identity, which I understand. But the the rights to the team were still with Tennessee, and that's where all my history is. That's where my number is is mm-hmm. retired, and that's where we have our reunions every year as as ex Oilers. So. For them to wear the uniforms, it was natural to me because 
they have the rights to do that. And uh, I know there were a lot of people in Houston that were upset about it, but Houston has their own team, and and uh, they didn't want the rights to the Oilers when the Oilers left. They wanted to they wanted to be the Texans, which was great. And Amy, who was the owner at the time, she grew up a Houston Oilers fan, so she wanted the Oilers rights, and and she's got those and the rights to use, use the uniform. So I, I have no problems with it at all. <laughs> and one more, Warren uh, from Cat Dad text comes in. Warren Moon's cookies were the best. I still remember the store in Northgate. What's the story? <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty good. I have to I have to uh, give myself a little credit. You know, I, it was a fun. Um, entrepreneurial idea that I had when I came up to Canada because chocolate chip cookies were huge in the United States and I hadn't seen anything like that in Canada. So, so I started that business and it was really successful and I brought it down to Houston and uh, the same thing. But uh, yeah, it was a, a fun part of my life as a you know 23, 24 year old owning my own business. Um, uh, I had a lot of fun with it and gave some people some opportunity to have jobs and uh, and learn some things about the cookie business and and the food business. Warren, thanks so much for uh, sharing some moments and some time and some stories this morning. I know you got to get going here, and uh, you got such so many great fans up here that that still you know love and follow you and and everything like that. So thanks for coming on, and uh, uh, I think you, a lot of uh, football fans up here will be pulling for the Huskies tonight because uh, of your you know when you played there and things like that. So thanks for coming on, Warren. Appreciate it. Yeah, well, I, I hope so, and uh, I, I um, definitely know about all the fans that I have up there, and I really appreciate all of them. You know, some of them have probably never seen me play before, but uh, are rooting for me because of moms and dads or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I thank you all for being supportive, and uh, thanks for having me on. I, I Like I said, I love Canada. I love the city of Edmonton, and um, that's where it all got started for me. Right, well said. Really appreciate it. Uh, thanks, and uh, enjoy the game tonight. Uh, hopefully you can put your foot, feet up and it uh, comes up with the outcome that you're looking for. All right, let's go, dogs. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Warren. Uh, that's Warren Moon on our Game of the Day, brought to you by St. Albert Dodge with an industry-leading 4.6 Google review rating. Head up the trail to St. Albert Dodge and see how easy it is to do business with the great people at com. That's a legend right there, eh? I got, I've interviewed him quite a few times over the years, like even, I think the last one was uh, during COVID and we did a really long, um, you know, on WebEx or whatever he was, I think it was on Skype, I think, but just- Zoom perhaps? Yeah, maybe Zoom, well, I don't know. Kevin's tech classes, back at it again. <laughs> I don't. I, we had a real good setup in the studio at Global, and uh, yeah, and maybe, you didn't have to press any I of the buttons. I anything. bet. <laughs> I still, you know, when when you do the uh, invite and all that, I still had to have people help me. Oh yeah, like sending the link out, link and whatever. Yeah. And that's yeah. just the way it went. Uh, you got people for that. Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> now, now it's me. Before uh, you probably had a lot more people for that. Exactly. Kind of we got a t- couple more breaks yet, don't we? Or uh, one, just the one. One more. Okay. Where's we one? Uh, we'll wrap up the show. Okay, we're uh, back to wrap things up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. Stay with us. Oh, that's a nice catchy song. Right? We've had it on many times, haven't we, Duke? Yeah, that's probably one of the newer newest songs we play, and that's still like four or five years old, I think, at this point. Really. I, uh, <laughs> Maybe not quite, but it, yeah, it's, it's definitely think, at least several years. Did ago. I not say one time? Is this the Jonas Brothers? Did I not say that to you mm, once? Yeah, probably. But no, that's <laughs> that's the weekend. Canadian Canadian superstar. A little sample of uh, some aha. WK right? Not week like it's yeah. W- that's right. There's no. Uh, See, I know my. You know. Well, no, it's, it's week like W E E K, and then just N D. See, there's no yeah. thirty. There you go. 
You're all over it. Uh, You're very hip with it. I am getting more hip, I think, be, only just because I'm hanging around with you, you know, well, yeah. for for 25 hours a week or whatever uh, it is. Yeah, and if if my um, impressions on you or what you think is making you hip, you're probably not. But then again, I I, I was shocked. I was surprised. You said you were going to come to the Golden Bears hockey game. He said it was a possibility Friday night. Yeah. Uh, I went to the game, had a great time. I sat, As always. I, I go behind the glass. Uh, well, for two reasons. One of them is that it's close to the beer close, line. Yeah, close to the beer line. But uh, stood beside Tim Hamland for oh. two periods or a little bit more. And former guest of the show. Former guest of the show, James Hamlin's dad, and Tim used to play for the Bears football team. We had a, you know, good good chats. We talked about a lot of things, and you know he's obviously a proud father and really happy how James is going right now. I mean, you think about it. And we've talked about it so many times with James. You know, he understands that he can't take like one shift off. No, it's just impossible. F- foot to the floor all the time. Yeah. And I think that more. And this is easy for me to say, of course, as I sit here in this chair and I'm not on the bench, in the room, on the ice. But bottom six players, and I I mean like true bottom six players, Mm -hmm. guys that know that that is where they are in the lineup. Like you go out there like usually only a few times a period, right? Your, Your shifts are obviously pretty sparing. And if you just, no matter what it is you're doing, full throttle for 35 seconds, Maybe throw a hit. Maybe block a shot. Right. Get some bodies in lanes. You do something. Do, do something positive. Mm-hmm. Get off the ice. Get your your top dogs back out there. Make you a, can make yourself a great career and a pretty um, well looked after living mm-hmm. financially doing that for a long time. And I think James Hamlin is doing it very well right now. Uh, I don't think you can ask for anything more. He's been so responsible defensively. He creates offense, whoever he's, you know, and they get some offensive zone time. And again, make the smart change too. They, 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 they've never been caught out in the ice. You know, the fourth line has never been caught and been out there for more than 45 seconds. Text line coming in one 1440 and an email. Whoa. To, an email to me from Kevin Rathburn. The most, my most vivid memory of playing in quick card minor hockey week happened in Bantam in 1975. Uh, we only had five skaters, and me, the goalie, made it to the game. My forwards would take penalties to get a break, but the cheering from the stands was deafening as we played our hearts out to a close loss. See, that's what it's all about. 1975, so, you know, he's probably, you know, 50s in his 50s, and he still remembers quick card yeah. minor hockey. That's, and, it's like, and I said it when you brought it up uh, for the first time last week, like this is a totally foreign concept to me. The closest thing we have is hockey day in Delburn where each team, because there's just – one team of each age level. Back in back in the day, actually, we used to maybe have uh, two Adam teams or novice teams. You know, before some kids decide they don't want to play anymore. But this this whole week dedicated to um, <laughs> all of Edmonton minor hockey and whatnot. Like it is, it's yeah. a true sight to see, and I'm excited to kind of dip my toe into getting involved in it to come Wednesday night. Bob wants like he wants this Texas death match to happen. Whatever it is, Kevin, be nearly as good you can be, and I'll bug you once a week. Still can't understand what he's no texting. no Bob. Come on. And then, like I know er- I could beat Bob at a texting. The competition. thing is, earlier earlier this morning, you, you he said something in, and you said I don't really understand the second half of this message. And then mm-hmm. Bob was like, "Oh, I can't text at all, huh?" Uh, and then his next message was virtually incomprehensible <laughs> with the spaces and letters. And it is. And then he's like, "Oh, my keys were frozen today. Yeah. I don't know what that means." Nails sent in a text cousin a while Nails. back. Is this uh, that's Bob's cousin? No, my cousin. Oh, your cousin Nails. Okay. Uh, 
And I texted Henry Gizmo Williams right after this text, and Gizmo got back to me immediately. Yeah. Uh, because uh, we were talking about steer wrestling and whatever, riding bulls and stuff. Da, 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 da. Uh, Neil says, uh, Gizmo got on a bull in the late 80s, I believe. So I texted Gizmo, and he goes, yes, I did. So Henry Gizmo Williams got on a bull. G- Gizmo's the- got the build for oh, a bull rider. He probably, he could wrestle the bull down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about uh, when you did you did some steer wrestling, some mm-hmm. bulldog, and uh, Gizmo, I think, would be pretty well cut out for that, too. Yeah. Uh, Bob's going something about I'm out then <laughs> until I learn to text properly. He's just... So gonna... now now he's pouting, I think. Yeah. But that's... Uh, Bob, we, we love having you. We appreciate your text. I it's just we're... It's going to take some details to get worked out to organize this uh, mono-e-mono and sports what are knowledge we Are we going to be answering and texting? Because if you were answering by via text, I'm going to win. I can text better during the show than Bob is doing it right now. That's true. So, so. no, I, I, it's gonna it's got to be a phone call or even even Bob in studio once we um vet once come we on, vet him Bob. a little bit. No we gotta, texting. We got to vet him, make sure he's safe to come in here. He's not a curious uh, like super fan, like a stalker. You, there could be some damage. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, what was uh, Tiger or Nail says you broke your hip? What yeah, we were mean? talking about how hip you are. Oh. And uh, cousin, well, I'm hip baby. Cousin Nails, uh, kind of up in in your generation around the same he's age. Your, so. Is he? Well, he's my dad's cousin. Okay. Yeah. And he's in Delburn. Yeah. What's he do? He we- nails. That's a real cowboy, like oh. farmer, um, ro- roping, riding. His uh, his son, both his sons, got a couple grandkids now. I'm sure they'll be the same way. Uh, the three generations of uh, what we called them. So his nails. Mm-hmm. His, his, one, his oldest son is a year younger than myself. We called him Staples, and then the youngest one, Tax. Wow, Tax. I like that name. Yeah. So, so T-A-C-K? Yeah. yeah. Just like yeah, the Tax from Skates? Tack, tacking on. Okay, yeah. and Tack. Yeah. yeah. Or it could be T-A-X, right? Could be, but it's not. I, it could be, it should have been Tex, really. Tex is a better name. Well, it's like, it's a, it's a play on of... Tax. Of nails, staples, and tax. Like you tack something to the wall, right? <laughs> Like you stale some, staple something to the wall. Like you nail something to the wall. Did you get it, Kev? I do, but I'm trying to read Bob's text as well. <laughs> Bob sent, now you're proving that you can't, in fact, text. Bob has sent 10 texts in the last five, no, in the last two minutes. One, two, three, four, seven texts. And I still, I can't understand any of them. Bob, come on down. He says he's somewhere, he's safe in person, Bob says. so. <laughs> well, there we go. He's vetted. <laughs> we'll take his word I for it. I don't think so. Uh Thanks to all our uh, guests today. Sean Brown, 720. Lorianne Munzer, our co-host, every Monday from 8 to 10. Mark Spector, Sean Mullen in the 8 o'clock hour. Scott Billick. Uh, boy, the Winnipeg Jets are on fire. Daryl Davis came in the studio for Quick Card Minor Hockey Week. And then Warren Moon, our guest of the day and our game of the day for St. Albert Dodge. Coming up, top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy with... The former Rochep Tebert. Connor Halley and the Duke of Delburn at 12 o'clock. The Lowdown with Ellen Mitchell till 2. Jason Greger drives us home on Sports 1440 from 2 to 6. Oilers in action tomorrow in Chicago. We will have a preview. We'll probably hook up with uh, some reporters on the ground in the Windy City. Uh, coming up, top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy. Thanks so much to our listeners. Thanks for texting in. Thanks for being a part of the show. Really appreciate it. We're back here tomorrow morning. Up next, here is the Duke with a Sports 1440 update.